it's Cammie. And it's Amanda. And we're Basically Basic. And guys, on today's episode, we are about to talk about control issues. Yeah, we are. Does anybody have control issues? Raise your hand. Raise Oops, hand. we can't see you. Cool, cool. <laughs> Raise hand emoji. And while we were discussing control issues this week, we discovered something where Amanda and I were really divided on this issue. Yeah. And this is a hot topic. And actually, we're divided, I feel like, on a lot of... Yeah. Well, here's... It's weird. We are the same when it comes down to, like, the core, yeah. like, our beliefs... Like sense of humor, I'd say the is things the same. that like matter, the were things the same. that matter, the were things the same. that don't matter, we're the opposite. Not the same. Not the same. So one of those is getting gas in your car whenever you need to. And I'm someone like as soon as the gas light comes on, it's like time to stop because I've had one incident where I ran out of gas and never again. It like taught oh, me a lesson. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's why. That was kind of scary. It was in the. It was five, literally like five seconds from my house at the time. And the Chewies that I lived behind, yeah. it was right in front of the Chewies where people turned. Oh, that's so close to your house. Into this major. I broke down in front of the Chewies on a Friday night when there was like 40 people outside of the restaurant waiting to find their okay, sneeze. It was. <laughs> I need to sneeze. I need to sneeze. Hold on. Sneeze. Bless you. Bless you. If you say bless, bless you, me. it makes you not sneeze. Oh, thank you. I just want you to bless me. Okay, maybe I won't. Maybe you need a blessing. Guys, the problem is is if I sneeze once, I sneeze literally a hundred times. So that would have been game over for this podcast. She does. We're good. Keep going. So sorry. Well, that makes me on a (laughs) sidetrack. We're so (laughs) needy. One time at band camp when Kami sneezed, it was crazy. (laughs) Okay, you're right. I need to go back to the story. So I broke down in front of a Chewy's and I was probably like 20 or 21. And it was mortifying because there was like 40 people outside of the Chewy's and I had to call Tyler and he had to go get a thing of gas and he got there and he was like, how did you not know that your gas light was on for like 50 miles? And I was like, well, I just didn't. And then see, my thing is, is like, I fully am aware. Like I full, no guys. So like, I don't know what it is about me, but like, okay, if I see the gas light on, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I have like at least three more trips driving. Like I will go, I was telling Amanda, it will be like dash, 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 meaning like there's no, no more miles left, like, it'll go, like, 30, 20, it gets down to, like, 10, and then it's just, like, dash, 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 and I still, am like, I'm good. No, absolutely Like, I, I can not. feel, I can feel when it's, like, gonna run out, and no, I've never ran you out. you can't, you're not a car. So, today, we were driving, and Amanda was, like, oh, it only says 20 miles, like, I need to get gas, and I was, like, oh, we're good, like, we have so many more First miles. First of all, I live at least 30 eight minutes away from where we are right now, and Cammie was, like, oh, you can make a home on that. Oh, but she I like, could. No, I can't. The I other day like, I was in traffic. It's 21 miles. And I was literally like praying. I was like, Jesus, be my gas. Can you please give me home? Because that was kind of scary because I'm like, I didn't know where the closest gas station no. was. Siri was not working. That's what I said. What if you break down on the highway? And she was like, I just know. I'm like, okay, well. You just pray in the spirit and you're like, Lord, be my gasoline. And then he provides. Oh, I, need, I need the physical gasoline for the reassurance and the protection that I know I'm going to make at home, which leads us into. Our issues of control. Our issues of control. Which yeah, actually DM us. Are you the type of person who gets gas like the second that it's on some people are like, once it's halfway, they get gas. Oh, yeah. Some people, Those I'm people not, stress me out, I'm man. not that crazy, but I'm like, if the car warns me, I'm like, I trust you, you're a car. Yeah, or are you with a person you know that's like me who waits till the last second. So, anyways. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about control today. And, guys, we're just going to go right into it. So, here we go. Girl, you've got control <laughs> issues. Yes, I am talking to you and to me and probably every single person who is breathing. We all crave control, most often over the things that we can't actually control at all. Control is the illusion that if we try hard enough, we can manipulate our moments to play out exactly as we want them to. But what happens when they don't? 
or what happens when a plus b does not equal c, or when all of our manipulating just makes more of a mess than we ever intended. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about our own control issues and our journey to letting go and letting God. Mm. Oh, I can't do that. It makes me so mad. I really, I really pride myself on rolling the R. It's because I'm half Mexican. She's half Mexican, she says. For but those who did not whatever. know. No, she's I don't also say. Redhead, so. I know. My mother is Mexican. <laughs> whatever. She claims Mexican. Her mom is. I can't is, roll my R's and it's, it brings me sadness. Oh, really quickly, Kami, what are you drinking from Starbucks oh, today? Wow, we can't really quickly this. This is like a key moment. Okay. Just, I just want you guys to um, fester. Is that the right word? No. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I have I can't think of a sentence that you could say that comes after fester right now that would make any sense. So, no. <laughs> oh, yes, you would. No. Nope. I just want you to, I feel like this is the word. I just want you to fester on the summary of the podcast that Cammie nope. just read while we talk about the Starbucks. Are you fester, sure? Fester, I want you I'm to. I'm looking it up. I'm looking no, it no, up. No, no, no. I want you to, like. Fester means, like, to, no, like, no, no, no. to, like, you know how, like, if so, you cook something and it, like, and you. <laughs> My jaw is dropped. I wish y'all could see me. I literally just. Dropped my jaw and stared at her. Simmer, simmer. That's no, you want them for. to simmer on it. Yeah, simmer on it. You Think want them to it. like Fester. contemplate. You want them to like fester is a word. It means oh no, it means to yeah. Read become, the definition. Okay, fester means to become a. Oh my gosh! Wow, I don't even. <laughs> Mina, let me help you to become septic. What septic? Become rotten become or rotten offensive. Or you want them to become rotten or offensive <laughs> on what we just said. Okay, guys. You a know negative what? feeling? No. You want them to no. have a negative feeling about it? I don't. I'm the nice one. I'm basically basic. I would like you to enjoy this podcast. <laughs> okay, we're done. I'm going to be quiet for the next five seconds. You want them to contemplate. You want them to... Contemplate. Oh, wait, wait. You want them to brew, like... Brew on it. Brew on That's it. That's why I said simmer. Yeah. Them to, like... I don't know, guys. Help us out. Help us out. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Holy I'm Spirit, come. Not decay, which is apparently what fester means. I don't want you to decay on wow. this message, but, you We know. need help. Okay. <laughs> so, we want you to think about it as we talk about our beautiful Starbucks order. So, my Starbucks order is my fall go-to. This is, like, my... I kind of think it's my creation because Toffee Nut is not actually on, like, the normal Starbucks, like... It's list. On, it's on the secret menu. Yeah, it's a secret. Okay, yeah, probably. Well, like a I'm just ball. so in with Starbucks. So, I my fall go-to is a grande toffee nut americano with two pumps of toffee nut and a little bit of half and half. And if I was in the store and we didn't do drive-through, I would put some cinnamon on top. Mm, you did teach me that too. Yeah, which is so good. But we were driving through, so yeah, we drove through in our pajamas. In our pajamas, and I just got a really basic my normal thing today. I just got an iced coffee, unsweet, a little bit of almond milk. No surprises here, but you back know, to basic. <laughs> but back to basic. Kept it basically basic. So, guys, as we're drinking our Starbucks, we are just we've been brainstorming, talking about control, and we are realizing, who we have some issues, man. Yeah, we really do. Control is so like <laughs> struggle really bus, do. you know, life. I feel like control, I love what we wrote, we just said it's the illusion that if we try hard enough, we can manipulate our moments to play out exactly as we want them to. I feel like, yeah, we want to feel like, we all want to feel like we have control and it can look totally different in different people. And I think that's what Amanda and I were figuring out is like, wow, we both have control issues, but in totally different ways. Mm -hmm. And actually when I was like looking up quotes to do this podcast, I was kind of blown away because even quotes on control were like total opposite. So like some quotes would say like you have control of your destiny, like you have control of your future, you control what's ahead of you. And then other quotes would say you have no control, yeah, like you just, can't control anything. Mm-hmm. So it was like totally – I'm like no wonder we're stressed about control because I don't even know 
what the consensus is. Right. Right? I feel like everyone has different views. Like, even when we were um, just talking about the ways that we're different in control, I told Cami, I was like, you know, if I could give my phone to God and be like, Lord, can you please just write out everything that you want me to do for the next six months or for the next year or even like 2019? Like, I'd love to give my phone up to God and be like, can you fill this out on my calendar and tell me like all the assignments you want for me? I was like, that would be so gratifying or like, so I think, like, so my flesh thinks. And Cami was like, that sounds like my nightmare. She was like, if I looked at my calendar and had everything planned out, that would stress me out because I feel like I have no freedom. So like, yeah, as she was saying that, Again, my jaw actually drops. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> my jaw drops when I'm actually overwhelmed. But I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, like that stresses me out so bad. so much. Because to me, like the way I want control is like by knowing that I have the freedom. So like if you put me in too much of a box and like I feel I feel controlled by that, and then I feel like I'm out of control. Yeah. But yeah. for you, having structure, having structure makes you feel like you have control. No. Yes. Yeah. It's it so makes, interesting. Well, it just, well, it actually not even as much control as it is like the knowing, like. We'll talk about this. We'll get to this like later um, in a few minutes. But my biggest thing is if I didn't know Jesus, safety and security would totally be my God. And I would make all my decisions based off of those things. So for instance, like if I didn't know the Lord, I probably like wouldn't get on an airplane because I'd be like, well, this is really high up in the sky and there's no way that I'm going to make it to my destination. So, but because I'm like, no, I know like God's plan for my life and the call that he has on me. I like I bank on that versus my own feelings of my flesh and letting my like get into my mind. Because the thing is for me, and I know for most people probably, it's all in your head. Like you can, you can manifest it and feed your thoughts and then they'll go crazy. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, like I I was telling her, it's opposite. Like kind of part of my story was I was so afraid to get married, even though I'd been with my boyfriend at the time, now husband for eight years before we got married. And it was nothing to do with like him. It was just the fact of like, making a decision that I knew was a forever definitive decision like seemed so binding that Mm -hmm. the thought of like not having the freedom to be like well what if there's a cute guy and like I want to go on a date with him or like what if I want to up and move to like Africa like now I can't just do that because I have another person. Can I take you and five guys as well? (laughs) Yeah can I take you and like all my other missionary boyfriends to (laughs) Africa is that cool? That'd be great. Like just that one thing having something that was like so finite to me, made me feel like I didn't have control. And even, like, that's honestly partly why I think we've waited to have kids. Like, if I'm being honest with myself, like, part of it's, like, we've moved a lot. And, like, we always said five years when we just had our five-year anniversary. But I think part of it, too, is, like, I know once you have kids, like, you are – You're tied down. You're tied down. Day. Like, yeah. there's, a there's a like, a binding thing of, like, this mm-hmm. – you're creating – you're responsible for another mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. I was actually telling Amanda that <laughs> confession time, when we got sushi, like, I had been – that's my dog, by the way. My golden doodle. Her golden doodle, which if you don't know what a golden doodle is, okay. don't go to me because I don't know what they are either. First of all, if you don't know what a golden doodle is, how are you listening to a basically basic podcast? <laughs> questions I have. Two, I mean, I knew what they were. Questions I have, I how Amanda know. didn't know. <laughs> what? Like, how, as a basic work girl, do not know we what We were a playing with sushi is. last night, and I don't know how, I was like, I think I want a golden doodle, and we're talking about just like the breed of dog that they are, and I was like, well, but... They're not poodle because poodles are only tiny. I thought like teacup poodles. I mean, I thought like poodles were only teacup poodles. Like there was no other size poodle. So honestly, in this episode, they were their I'm just breed. killing it at the smarts game. You're just you are really yeah. intelligent, but like maybe this isn't your highlight reel for your intelligence. Yeah, maybe we would just won't put this in. Yeah, the maybe this Instagram episode snippet. shouldn't go on your resume. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but anyway, so my sweet golden doodle. I've been wanting a dog. I've been begging Stephen for 
years. I mean, really since we got married, I was like, when can we get a dog? When can we get a dog? And I'm kind of allergic to dogs, which kind of limits the kind of dogs we can get, especially as a singer. Like it definitely makes my eyes water and I sneeze and yeah. my throat hurts. Just like little issues, you know? <laughs> not, not the ideal life. I can't breathe. I die, but it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> it's worth having a dog, you know? So most hypoallergenic dogs are really expensive. And so we've been saving to get a golden doodle and I've been so excited and we finally go to get her and we like drive down to Austin and I'm like living life like so pumped. And of course, Stephen and I are so opposite. So like preparing to get a dog, he's stressed out beforehand. He's like making sure we have all the things. He's reading everything about dogs. He's reading like a Caesar Milan book, which I just wanted to throw in the ocean. We were reading on the beach and I was like, oh, this guy's so oh annoying. He's like saying, you know, we shouldn't have our dog in our bed. We shouldn't do all these things. And I actually cried when we were talking about this because I was like, what is the point of getting a dog if I can't like let it spoon me in the morning? Like I don't even want it which anymore. Which is so funny because sushi does oh, totally. that, literally Steven, this morning. Steven might as well have just like burned Caesar Milan's book once we got sushi, <laughs> like game over, which I knew was going to happen. But anyways, we go get her and like for whatever reason, like right when we get her, I all of a sudden like kind of just freaked out because I'm like, first of all, we're dropping like two G's on this animal. Second of all, like all my excitement kind of just hit this like moment of reality, which is kind of how I I process. And I was like, wait, like this animal is like coming home with us and like we are responsible for this life. And so never when Steve and I are in the car together, do like, does, do I ever drive? Like he always drives Mm -hmm. since we were like 16. And you know what I just thought of? You drive. That's so interesting. Oh, you're right. This you is type you guys, control freak. You guys. Well, and here's what's weird is like Stephen and I are really oddly so the same person, and Cami and my husband Tyler are the same. And we make jokes all the time that like if Cami and Tyler were married, or if me and Stephen were married, like me and Stephen would have the cleanest house. Like literally everything would have its place. We would wake up and be like, "What? What does your Google Calendar say today, babe?" You but totally we would literally would. plan our list and like if I do that to Tyler it literally sets his day off in like such a bad makes foot. me so mad yeah because he's like why would you do this Steven and I have a rule that he cannot talk to me about business before 9 a.m do not <laughs> talk to me about no it's honestly anything. true but if Tyler and I were married we would like be hippies and we'd have like some like we'd live in an RV and we'd just travel it's and play totally. music and we'd get would. nothing done you would we'd be, be like so broke bed. yes it's so true but oh, we'd be happy but we'd also amazing. probably have like crazy fights we'd yeah be, that's like, true that's anyways. true and Steven and I would have like no spontaneity no. we'd be like we would you would know exactly what our days so God knows opposites attract. He does. He's yes. so smart at that. But anyways, wow. Back to my story. We are driving in the car, and like again, I'm just really. I decide to drive because I think I just was like, I don't want to hold this dog yet. I don't know what was going on. So I'm driving. Stephen's already in love. Like he's done all the work. I think on the front end to prepare, whereas I'm like all emotions. I hadn't really processed what we were doing. So he gets sushi. He's like petting her. They're like having this like love fest. And I'm driving in, like, silence, which is not like me. And about an hour after we, like, have been gotten in the car, we're, you know, an hour closer to Dallas, I turned him and I'm like, we need to turn around. And he was like, what? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think we need to break her back. I don't think, I don't think we should I'm having regret. And he was like, wait, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. This is just, like, a big decision. Like, now, like, what if I want to go to the mall? I'm like, I can't just go to the mall because, like, there's a dog. Or, like, what if I need to go on vacation and, like... I want to go do this and like now we have to find someone to watch her and like all these thoughts of like how I was tied down like made me freak out to the point where I literally like we stopped at a gas station and Stephen had a conversation and I was like babe I'm serious like I don't know if we should do this and he's like Cammy, you've been so excited like you need to just like trust that it's gonna work out and it's just so funny because Mm -hmm. getting an animal is not that big of a deal but just that like finite thing to me makes me feel like I don't have control whereas for you I, I like, you like love that structure. The, yes, I love the structure and I love the control. And we actually have a really 
funny story, you guys. So this was probably like four years ago. Oh, Cammy wow. and oh, I right. were going to um, Colorado together. Was it Vail? Yeah. It was Vail. Yeah. So we're going to Vail together. Tyler was with us. It was really – so I'm a terrible skier, and Tyler loves to ski. And so the thing was, I was like, babe, just let me bring a friend. Like, I'd love for you to hit the slopes and just, like, go hard and, like, do your thing. And I'll bring a friend, and we'll just be snow bunnies and, like – Get free hot chocolate yes. and, like, read books by the fire. And I love it because Tyler is a musician as well. And so he, like, brought his guitar and we're, like, we can write songs. Yes. And, like, it was so I love because I can be friends with Amanda and then also have, like, a separate friendship separate. with Tyler, which yeah, is so great. Yeah, it's really sweet. So we're, like, or, we're in Vail, whatever. Well, Tyler and I had already been there, so we had to go pick up Cammie from the airport. And we get there. And I don't know why we had two cars, but we did. And so Tyler was driving in front of us going back up the mountain. It's probably, like, a two-hour drive. And Cammie rode in the car with me. So I was driving behind Tyler and we get, it's fine. Like, you know, we're just talking and all of a sudden it starts snowing. Not a big deal. I can drive in the snow. Well, as we're like going up the mountain, it just starts snowing harder and harder and harder to the point where I'm like, I can feel like my heart kind of beating fast. Like my anxiety is getting higher. I'm trying not to freak out. And we had, I mean, we hadn't been friends, but really only good friends for about a year at that point. Yeah. So we, I mean. This was our first like traveling together. And yes. it had oh been. Oh my gosh, it was. I, I just remembered this. I didn't even process that this was the same trip. But, like, even me getting to you guys, to the airport, was this whole thing. Because I was flying Spirit Airlines, which is, like, the reject airlines yes. of all airlines. Ugh. The Walmart of airlines. It totally is. So, I'm flying and I didn't know, like, the the weight of bags. I remember it was 40 pounds instead of 50. And I had all this, like, snow stuff. Because I want to be, like, super cute. We're going to, like, Obviously, take pictures and snow. So, I had to – I was, like, refusing to pay the extra money. So, I literally grabbed all – like every hat, every glove, every jacket, and just put them on. <laughs> I was walking through the airport like stripping sweat because I was wearing like six coats. I had like gloves stuff because I'm like, I am not paying for that 50 pound bag. And then like the flight was super turbulent. Yeah, and then you no. guys come pick me up two hours and you're right, we get in the car, we're driving. And it came out of nowhere. It just comes out of nowhere. I mean, really, it was like this beautiful, oh, we're in the mountains, it's so pretty. This and trip's gonna be all so of a fun. sudden it's like, oh, uh, we're in a whiteout and we are from Texas and we literally and, can't see. And you guys, this is like 9 o'clock at night, so it's not even daylight. It's pitch black outside. So it's pitch black. Like, it starts snowing harder, and I can feel just, like, the anxiety and, like, the fear rising. And I can remember all I could see in front of me was Tyler's taillight. So you see these little red taillights, like, in the snow, and I'm just following him. But this is not even being dramatic on the side of a mountain. So all I remember thinking is at any moment, one of us could slide off this mountain, oh fall to our death. Or I was like, one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to watch my husband die in front of me and his car fall off a cliff. And then we won't know how to get home. I'll be so, like, torn up. I won't, like, know how to move. And I'm like, or I'm going to lose sight of his taillights and Cammie and I, I'm going to drive us off of a cliff. And, like, the thing that stinks is I feel like we're, like, the boy who cried wolf because we are so dramatic. People are probably listening and they're like, sure, probably wasn't that bad. But I am telling you. No. This is the. This was my closest near-death experience. A hundred percent. And this is the this is the most scared I have been in my entire life. No question. Life. And I remember honestly thinking, Amanda, like, I was like, wow, the Lord brought me here because I am supposed <laughs> to be with Amanda when we watch her husband, this like, is, drive off a cliff. This is so terrible. I wish we were, like, joking to some extent, but I promise we're no. not. So, so. We're, so we're driving, and, like, I can feel I, – I think because I knew I had to be strong because Amanda had to focus because she was the one actually driving, and I'm just in the passenger seat. I'm, like, trying to kind of get her mind off of it. But then it's to the point where we can think of nothing else. Like, we are both fully aware that we cannot see. And so I just start praying like a psycho, crazy person. You did. Like, I remember. Like, and honestly, it was bringing me a lot of peace. Because well, like, I, I was like, we're going to town. Like, yes. we are warfaring <laughs> over the snow. Like, <laughs> we 
must survive this. So yeah, and all of a sudden, you guys, all I remember doing is just thinking, I, my, I felt my body go numb. And I was like, I can't, I cannot go any further. And I just stopped. And because there was, there was no cars behind us. It was literally the two of us on the mountain. It, it was, it was like someone had said like, Warning, warning, a blizzard's coming. And everyone got the message except for That's so true. Maybe like, they did. So I just stopped the car, put my brakes on, and I just started crying. And I looked at Kimmy and I said, I can't go any further. I was like, I can't go. And she looked, she put her hand on my leg and looked at me and was like, Amanda, you have to keep going. She was like, if you, if we sit here, we're going to lose Tyler's headlights. We won't know where to go. Then we'll be like our own guides. She was like, right now, Tyler's fine. Like he's driving, obviously. Okay. Like what this is, you have to keep going. We're almost there. And so somehow, like, through her prayer, I, like, mustered up the strength and kept going. But we were just, like, praying the entire way for, like, the Lord to get us there because we were in complete lack of control. 100%. And it was weird because I feel like, yeah, in that moment, I I felt this empowerment of, like, Amanda, like, you can do this, Amanda. But at the same time, like, I also was like, I don't know if you can. <laughs> like, I, I it, it is out of, it is out of right our control. Because... Yeah, but we have to just trust that, like, God knows our days and, like, he has them them numbered and like he is with us and it was just but I feel like that is such a like metaphor honestly of how life can feel sometimes I know that's so cheesy but it's like it's so true it seems fine in the moment there's like a little bit of snow maybe just a little bit of stress is piling up it's not that much you can keep going you can kind of ignore it and then you get in those moments of life where like it's a whiteout and you can see nothing but your stress you you really are just fully aware of the fact that you do not have control and it's one of those like let go moments because your your options are to follow the little light you can see. Mm-hmm. Literally in our metaphor, it was Tyler's little red tail lights. Tiny red tail lights, yeah. Fixing our eyes on his tail lights, mm-hmm. like literally like squinting, being like, that is all I can focus on. I can't look at the side of the mountain. And I honestly, that was the else. only thing that guided us. I oh, mean, yeah. honestly, like if it is such a metaphor of like just following like the Lord in those moments because it was – I, my, all my flesh is telling me to stop. And I did stop, honestly. And I was like, I can't go any further. This is it for me. This is how I go. Thank you, Lord, for the great, like, 24 years you gave me. <laughs> Thanks like, for this short <laughs> life that I lived, but time's up. But I was like, this is it. This is how I go. And so I literally just kept looking at those lights. And it is so true in life when, like, we feel like we're losing control. If we just, like, press in and press in and press in and, like, keep looking towards the Lord, like, he will get you through it. And whenever – we finally got to our destination, you guys. I will never forget. We got out of the car, and I kissed the ground. We I both kissed, started bawling. We both started it was like bawling. this release of, yes. like, we're alive, Yes, honestly. And I did. I kissed the ground. And here's what's so funny is your stress – this is also a good, like, analogy that I never thought of until now. But for some reason, my husband was like, what are you guys talking about? Like, he did, did not think it was a big deal. And I don't know if the Lord just protected his, like, eyes and, like – I don't know if he gave him like a supernatural windshield that just like saw <laughs> through. Obviously, but the snow, was like, but he was like, I thought it was fine. Like it wasn't that. He was like, Yeah, it was kind of like a lot, but it wasn't that bad. And we were just like, What are you talking? Did you just experience the same thing we did? Like it was. And so that kind of reminds me too of like when you feel like you're losing control, it can seem so 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 big in your own mind. But it's like to somebody else, they're like, No, like you will get through this. Like I've yeah. been there. Well, and, and I think that's why community is so important and friendships because really like having that person to say like you can do it you can keep going like and being vulnerable I mean when you're in that mess like that that tearing moment it's so like disarming that you just kind of have to be up front with people around you be like mm-hmm. I am struggle mm-hmm. like right now like mm-hmm. I cannot take another step like I need I someone need to encourage me and like it's interesting because I think when I look at areas where I've struggled with control for whatever reason like areas that I think I say this areas that like I really shouldn't struggle with control I do but things that are like 
really massive things that would freak most people out, I feel like I have this weird, like, inner peace You about. do. You do. Like, because yes. with weather, to me, it's, like, I literally have, like, if I know in my mind I have absolutely no control, mm-hmm. I feel this, like, beautiful surrender. Which so is with, so like, beautiful. So, with weather, I'm, like, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. This. Like, no. there's nothing we could do in that moment. Like, and, and even I think about when yes, we're on the, the airplane. airplane. You guys, okay, so this is, like, and it is true because even of just having friends and being able to say, like, I'm not okay and I, I'm in a loss of control and I need help, I literally would have stopped on the side of the mountain that day and Cammie laid her hand on my knee and literally started praying and it gave me the strength to keep going. Well, the same thing happened on the New York trip that I shared a few podcasts back that I don't know if you guys listened to, but... You better listen. You better have if you're basic. <laughs> um, so, we, yeah, we went on this trip to New York and on the way home... We were on a flight. It was December, so it was probably cold, snowy, whatever. And our turbulence got pretty bad at one point. I will point. say it was the worst turbulence I've ever had on a flight. Okay. Like, because I fly a lot, lot so and that's, people yeah. were, like, like, there was a couple moments where it was so turbulent. Like, my butt was fully, like, lifted. Like, it yeah. was a roller coaster It was vibes. a roller coaster Yeah. Which, like, totally you don't really want on a plane. You don't really want on a plane, yeah. yeah. So, we're literally on our way back from New York. I'm so excited to get home and see, like, my sweet three-month-old and my husband, and the turbulence is just so bad that literally, again, in my head, I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you for this. But, like, again, this is how I go. I just, like, immediately go to, like, worst-case scenario. And I was – I looked at Cammy once again, and I was like, I need – I need you to pray over me right now because, like, I'm pretty terrified. This is not okay. And somehow, like, the Lord d- does give her superhero strength in these, like, crazy, like, weather turbulent moments. Like, phys- like reasons when you should physically be a little bit afraid, she's, like, not amazingly. And so she started singing the song. Y'all know the song? It's the – it's, it is well, but it's the Bethel version. Yes. And so the, I think it's the chorus. It's like, let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and winds and then she leaned over his name. And then she leaned over and goes, the waves and wind, but especially the wind. Really the wind, <laughs> always the wind. Lord, you hold the wind. And I was, and like, I was like, the wind knows the name of Jesus. The wind, yeah. the wind, the wind will bow to the name. I just started like so jokingly, just, prophetically singing the wind. Kind of joking. Kind of joking, but not really. Kind of not. not wind. And so it honestly like made me start to laugh in this moment that I was like feeding my own thoughts of fear in my head. And I was like, you're right. Like God does control the wind. Like this is fine. It's not a big deal. This is just a roller coaster. And yeah. It was, but sometimes it, was it is like. In those moments, we have to, like, cling to these promises that, like, literally, like, the waves and wind know the name of Jesus. And that can right. be, like, literal wind or that could be, like, metaphorical wind in your life. But, like, singing over yourself, like, the waves and wind, mm-hmm. they know his name. And, like, that makes me think of, for me, like, the ironic thing in my life is as a worship leader, I think I sing all these songs. And, like, when your life is going great, it's really easy to sing these, like, beautiful songs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, like to really not comprehend what you're singing or really, like, feel the weight of it, right? It's, like, sounds good. Like, they're beautiful lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes, Lord. Like, I am I, a good – I am the Beyonce of this worship yes, song. Yes, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. <laughs> like, whatever that song is and you feel those moments. But for me, like, you know, there were seasons in my life where working at churches as a worship pastor or traveling, like, I would lead, like, 10 services a week. And so mm-hmm. I'm singing these songs over myself and over my soul a lot. And – when things in my life started to get out of control and I felt like things were not going the way I planned, I started to really notice like the lyrics that I was singing. Mm. And for me, a moment I will never forget is when Steven and I found out that we were going to be moving to LA, I've kind of shared this story a little bit, but it was definitely not our plan. Like we thought Nashville or Dallas, like for sure for his residency. And we found out through like a crazy circumstance that we were going to be going to UCLA, which is a great program. And like, for all reasons, we should have just been pumped, right? Like a great school, 
living on the beach, like I've always said, I want to live in LA. So be careful for what you wish for, but it just wasn't our timing or the way that we had planned it. And random Wednesday, we, we get this news. It was super traumatic. And I'm just trying to process like, wait a second, like for somebody like me who wants to have control, who wants to have freedom, there's now this like hierarchy medical system that's assigning my husband. It kind of felt like being an army wife. Like Mm -hmm. they're telling him that he has to move to LA, which in turn means I'm moving to LA. We can't say no. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is where you're getting assigned and you're going. And, you know, basically three months, have fun, pick up and move. You're going to LA. And so I'm like really just wrestling with the Lord because in my mind, it kind of just felt like, getting coffee with a best friend every day and them having this big secret never telling you. Mm. But I was like, Lord, like I've spent every morning doing my quiet time with you, not in a religious way, but I just Mm -hmm. love the presence of God. Like I've spent all these times in worship. Like, God, you could have given me a dream of the ocean. You Mm -hmm. could have had a random person walk up to me and say, hey, I'm really seeing like waves in your life. I'm really seeing like Los Angeles. Like, you know, or even just not had a piece about Dallas or Nashville. We had really had this stirring that the Lord was calling us to Dallas. And so – getting there by way of Los Angeles when we were already in Dallas really made no made sense no in sense. my mind. Yeah. I was like, we're already here, Lord. Like that didn't like calculate no, with your can we just stay? Like this doesn't make sense. But so that day was just super unexpected. And but I had already that night I was supposed to lead worship for my job. And part of me honestly wanted to cancel because I was like, to be real, like I'm just not in the mood to praise the Lord right now. Like yeah. I said um share what you said when it was so funny because you were like Earlier when you were like, he just wasn't showing up. Like, you were just getting so mad. Oh, I was just like, God, like, I like I just kind of had this feeling in my mind. And I remember actually saying this to Stephen. I was like, it felt like I was in a season where anything I could control or I could do was going great. Like, if I could do it on my own, it mm-hmm. was good. But in the areas where I needed God to be my teammate, in the areas where it was like, we're in this together, I felt like he was dropping the ball. Like, in my flesh and in my plan for my life, it felt like... God was my teammate on the basketball court, and I'd be like, okay, God, this is your shot. You got this. And he'd, like, air, you. airball it. And I'd be like, bro, <laughs> we've been practicing you're for this getting moment. It wrong. Like, you're the God of the universe. Like, what are you doing? And it really, like, was just really showing in my heart that I – here I was saying that God was my Lord and Savior, but, like, really, I wanted to be Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted him to be my friend. I wanted him to be my teammate, my comforter. Mm-hmm. But – I did not want him to be Lord. Like I did not want him to be in in control. I wanted control. I wanted to make the plans. And then I wanted him to be like the one that just fulfilled them, Mm. you know? And it was like, I kind of felt like in that season, my prayers felt like more like demands. And I don't think I realized it, but it was like, I knew that I had power and authority when I prayed. So I'm like, God, if I ask this of you, and it's in my mind for good reasons, like we wanted to plan a church in Dallas. We wanted to be a part of like revival in the city. So I'm like, God, I've, I've asked this of you. And in my mind, it seems according to your will. So that means A plus B equals prayer answered. Right. But what I wasn't putting into context is that God is so much bigger than my plans and that he has this whole story that he was writing for my life that I couldn't even fathom or begin to see. And this was not like the next beautiful chapter. Like I was walking into a desert season and a wilderness season that he really just wanted to sharpen me and like just really take me into that secret place with him and it was definitely not my plan but so that night I go to lead worship and after wanting to cancel I was like no like this is probably exactly where I need to be if I don't want to be here and that night for probably the millionth time the set list included the song Oceans which at this season was like you know the jam the worship jam I probably to be real I think I might have 
have sung Oceans as much as the girl who sings it. Like, oh, let's absolutely. be real. Absolutely. You probably did, honestly. Like, I've sung it so many times. But it just, oh, it's so good. But that night, I remember singing it and getting to that bridge where it says, you know, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And singing that, it just felt so weighty and so mm. real. Like, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I have been singing this song over and over and over. And it's felt so sweet and so innocent. But here I am where God is calling me where my trust is without borders, where he's calling me wherever he would, like, that I didn't have a say. And I'm like, nope. Like, no thank you, Lord. But I had been singing that song so often, and it just felt this, like, moment of, do I want a God that I can control, or do I want to let him be the God that's in control? Like, I can't have both. I can have a small God that, you know, I try to manipulate and control, and then he's not actually Lord. Or I can surrender to a God that's way bigger than I can comprehend. And again, it took, it wasn't like, I wish I could say in that moment, it was like this beautiful breakthrough where I never questioned him again. But it was like, I think the first chipping away of me realizing like, I need to really listen to the songs that I'm singing and they carry weight. And I need to like, when I sing spirit lead me where my trust is without borders, let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. I need to know that like, that's a, a prayer that I need to be willing to walk out. Right. And not right, just sing. Right. You know? And that reminds me of um this, like, we just, some things we took in our notes when we were talking about this, because that's so good. And it's, when God does things opposite of how you would have done them, it shows you the lack of control you you have and also can reveal areas of the lack of trust. And that's so good, Kimmy, because mm-hmm. you were saying, like, A plus B equals this thing that I've been praying for and that I want, and that's not always the case. So, and even for me, just, like, wanting control and, like, wanting security So whenever I was pregnant with um, our little girl, I had, I was doing photography, so I set my own schedule and I had planned all these things and because I am such a structured person when it comes to my schedule and um, I had, she was due on September, I think it was like September 10th or something. I don't even know because that's not her birthday. We'll get to that part. But um, (laughs) it was like September 10th and I, so knowing that was the date, I was like, great, sounds great. My doctor's giving me this date. Awesome. I'm going to schedule my shoots until this day. And then I'm going to have three solid weeks where I'm going to basic out. And I was going to like sit on the couch. I was going to eat all of the foods I was craving. I was going to get like as fat as possible. I was <laughs> like, going it's three to, weeks. No, literally. Cares? I was like, this is the last two weeks. I'm already a whale. Let's just add on. See, <laughs> see how much I can pack in this. And I was going to like watch all my favorite chick flicks. Like I was going to go in hard. So anyways, um, the day that I had my last shoot scheduled, I go to bed that night. And I wake up and I'm like, I, I wasn't contractions, but I was like, I don't think this is my water. I'm not really for sure. Like I've never been pregnant before. I, I don't know what's going on. So I go back to sleep. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Go back to sleep. Wake up the next morning. It happens again. Like just these signs of like what could be like early labor. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I should call my doctor. Like just to be safe. So I call her, let her know what's going on. And she's like, you know, I'd rather have you come in just to be safe so I can check you. You know, it's going to be the weekend. And so... I go in and within an hour, maybe even less, I've seen my doctor. She's like, okay, hon, you're in labor. Like, let's go ahead and get your bags ready and head to the hospital. And I just remember thinking, no, 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 no. No, that's not the plan. That's not the plan. I just took three weeks off to like check the boxes off of my to-do list. And I'm going to prep for this baby. 
I'm gonna like get all my clients the stuff that they need. I'm going to go on this great date with my husband. We're gonna get a cute first outfit to bring the baby home on the Which hospital. Which wasn't your nursery not even done? No, it was literally. And like that's half- so not like you. No, like you are such an Esther. Yes, I am such an Esther, and that's what I was gonna do. Literally for yeah. three, three weeks, I was gonna nest, and I was banking on them. Like I was, I worked so hard up until that point because I was like, this is my time. So we get to the hospital. I just, like, obviously I'm excited, but I'm also like, okay, this is, like, a month early. Like, this is not even close to what I had prepared for. And this is, like, such an LOL moment, you guys, because I was I was going to have, like, the best hospital bag, like, as far as, like, styling goes. This sounds, like, so basic of me, but it's so true. <laughs> I love this. I can totally picture you doing no, this. No, it was going to be the best. And I had none of those things. So I, I had to honestly leave it up to the people that, like, loved me so well, like, my sister and my mom, like, my sister-in-law and mother-in-law. They all went out to Target and, like... Just start grabbing all these things Aww. that you need, which is so sweet. And again, just like loss of control. And um, my little girl ended up having to be in the NICU for a little bit. And because we had no clothes for her, this is literally so funny, guys. She, all of her first baby pictures in the hospital are in the hand-me-down clothes that they give the hospital for babies that and are literally. Yeah, it was, I'll say it. No, bad. literally, it was like. Grandma loves me, ladybug. It was, it was like <laughs> so not your perfect aesthetically pleasing no, outfit. No, and it, like, it wasn't the neutral colors, and it was literally the Lord was slowly breaking down every single thing of control that I had it that I like idea that I had of motherhood going into it. And looking back, it was and even the way she was born, I was in labor for twenty four hours. I was ready to push. I was gonna do this thing, and then. Like I hadn't, I barely dilated to maybe a four and the nurse comes in and says, okay, hon, like we're going to prep you for C-section now. So it was like emergency C-section, like literally every single thing I had written down to check off on the box when it came to welcoming a little um, baby into the world and just becoming a mother and how that was going to look like for me. God like completely tore all of those things down. And in the best way, because all of those things I had gone through when it came to bringing her into the world. I would not change because each one of those things taught me the biggest lesson that you could possibly be taught in motherhood, which is that, yes, the Lord gave you this child, but only for you to steward its life, not because you control it. That's and so good. it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. Like the Lord obviously knows me and he, I'm, I can be really stubborn. So I think sometimes he has to like, like, let me run, allow me to run into these like brick walls that I like build for myself and be like, no, I know this is the way that you want it to go, but my plans are better. And this is a child of God and I have her days numbered and this is the day she's coming into the world and you just better be ready to steward it, girly. <laughs> Get ready, Amanda. Get ready, Amanda. Like, yes, you're her mom, but you are not, you know, her owner. Wow. Well, and I, I think like watching you go through that as a friend, I even knowing you, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not Amanda's plan. Like, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to like come and save the day for you. <laughs> But even when I remember seeing Gwen's often and be like, oh, she's going to hate this so much. Like, this is so bad. And even you guys, the photo that my sweet, sweet husband posted. Oh, I forgot down, about this. It was down to every little detail of her coming into the world. It was just so. So he, yeah, they, this is their first moment. But like, you know, she's like basically been drugged up at just having a C-section. Awake for 30 hours. Yeah, and you're exhausted. And so Tyler, Swollen. someone took this picture of Tyler, Amanda, and Gwen, their first the photo. The very first photo. It was in the surgery room. And he, proud dad, like, you know, just. It so wants to tell yeah. the world, and so he posts it, and I saw it, and first of all, she looked beautiful, but I just know Amanda, and I turned to Steve, and I was like, Amanda is going to hate this picture, and he was like, what? Why? And I'm like, sweet just, Steven, I he saw the beauty in me too. I was like, just trust me, and of course, when I see her, she's like, I can't believe Tyler posted that I go picture. Me. I was like, in, literally in still recovery, I was like, did you see that photo? I was like, you're beautiful. She's like, yeah, but like not now. I'm like, yeah, but let's be real. And then we just started laughing. So at that point, it was so cool though, you guys, because I honestly felt like, 
all the ways that I imagined Gwen coming into the world and what that was going to look like, the Lord just completely uh, broke down those like walls and titles for me. And so it honestly reminded of, it reminded me of um, this verse that is John 14, 27. And it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it fear. And it just like resonated so well with me because you guys, we have the power in our own minds and in our own hearts to speak something, even if we don't feel it. So of course there's moments where I was like a little bit thrown off or upset that, you know, I didn't bring a child into the world the way that I wanted to, but it's like, it's being able to say, no, this is the, this is God's plan. And the way he has it is going to bring so much peace and it's going to, and, and even if I don't feel it, I can still speak it over myself. Well, I love that it says like, let not your heart be troubled. Like, so it's like, there's kind of responsibility on us and right. like, don't let your heart be troubled. Like you have to choose. And that's so hard because there are times when your thoughts feel so loud and fear seems so like present that it's hard to, to really push through that. But I love that God says that he is giving us peace, that he's the prince of peace. And so when we don't have control, it's almost like I have this weird picture in my head, but it's like there's these raging rapids like coming at us sometimes at life and we can either try to fight them or we can just like lay back and like let it take us where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. It's like and, feed it or starve it right, out. And know that God's the one that's going to steer you where, where you're supposed to be going. And like the cool thing for you, Amanda, was that was like the first step into realizing, like you said earlier, that you don't have control in everything as a mom. Like you're in charge of Gwen, but you're not Mm -hmm. in control of Gwen. And I think something like about fear too, like in the moments of fear, it's so easy to even feel justified in them because they make sense to you like in that moment. And so this is like a whole nother thing, but even aside from just like giving birth and that story, not going the way I wanted it to, even when it comes to like, Cammie had asked me once, like how do you lay her down for bed at night and then go to bed and like not worry? And it's like, oh, because I know that I've, said a prayer over her and for me I know that I'm covering her in prayer and her room is in prayer and I'm good then I can like let go and I'm not in control anymore and honestly that's freeing right because again like you you're in charge of your house with Gwen like you get to set the rules but like do you know every hair on her head no like do you know all the days that are like planned before her no No. do you know who her future husband is no No. but we pray for him we pray we believe but like there's all these things are out of control and I think when it's over someone else's life, like I can so easily tell you that, but then mm-hmm. when it comes to my own life, when you're in the thick of it, it's so hard to see it. Totally, yes. And and I, so I, I mean, I think for me, like one of the, I was talking with Amanda, like one of the moments that stands out to me so much as a moment of just finding control and then letting it go was when we were again all goes back to California, man. That year, God just did so much. But we were in LA. Um, I honestly, I wish I remembered like when it was in that season, but uh, we would. Every night when Stephen would get home from work, if he made it home in time, we would go watch the sunset on the beach, which you're probably like, wah, wah, sad life. I know. Like, I remember being so like, bad for you. I remember being like, how can you be like not happy with the Lord right now? Because you're literally getting to see yes. the sun. But which, again, honestly, like grass is greener. God's beautiful kindness. Like I genuinely, genuinely feel like that year, um, God knew the plans that he had. He knew there was a deep work he needed to do in my heart. There was idols needed to like tear down there were just things that he needed to reveal that were gross stuff that I had kind of stuffed down for a while and he was so kind to be like hey Cammie we're gonna do this journey together and it's gonna be messy and it's gonna like reveal some stuff but hey let's do it at the beach yeah why not like why, why not, not come with me beach? to the ocean so and good. let's deal with all this stuff there so, and you know what's cool is so like kind. in those moments and I and even for me too but like looking back on even that year for you moments that were really really hard where I remember you just like crying of being really frustrated it's so cool because now those are moments that you talk about over and over and over oh. and and you have grown so much for them and they're like a part of 
I mean, they are part of your story, but like God now uses them in such a beautiful way. And even though they were like the saddest, I don't want to say saddest, but just like stretching, stretching, confusing, really hard moments. Like even now you're like, oh, thank you, Lord, for these like moments that I had no control. Like now you thank him for that because oh, like, yeah. a, a, like um, a loss of control is so good. Like it's so good to have those moments. And so I just like encourage our listeners that like, even though that's not what your flesh wants or that what you want in that moment, like obviously all of us want to be in control like all the time, but just coming from two people who've been through different seasons where we have had to completely lose control, like every single one of those times we can tell you we are so thankful for it because it's oh. a part of who we are now. Well, and, and it teaches you something in those moments. Like I will never forget right before we moved to LA, I was at this, um, I was with you in Nashville at the encounter weekend at yes. a church that oh, we were yes. a part of. And God so, sometimes I think God speaks through other people or sometimes he kind of speaks in whispers but this was one of those moments where he spoke very clearly and I have it written in my journal the Lord told me Cami this year is going to seem super unfruitful in the natural but in the supernatural it's going to have exponential results mm, I love that and in that moment I remember being like yes I heard from God like that's beautiful <laughs> I am supernatural I'm into that, but like <laughs> I had no clue how hard that was going to be to walk out and honestly guys like that next season in the natural it felt so unfruitful like mm. I felt like like I said earlier, every area where I couldn't control it, it would just fall apart. I mm. felt like I, you know, we were supposed to go on the tour that got canceled. Um, my band ends up not being a thing anymore. Like the record deal we were going to sign didn't happen. The um, Like all the things that I had planned in Dallas, like I was wanting to plant a church in Dallas and we had been dreaming for that. That wasn't happening. Like I was alone in Nashville nannying at you know 26 years old when I thought I was going to be like some either like CEO or like the next Taylor Swift, like just not the things that I had planned. And in that time, I started dealing with just this anxiety and fear that I'd never dealt with before. And I really think it was just me clinging so tightly to wanting control. Um, And again, but God had said like, this year is going to seem really unfruitful in what you can see, but in the supernatural it's going to have exponential results. And I think what I'm looking back now and realizing was he was doing such a deep work in my heart by teaching me what it means to really live out the songs that I was singing, to Mm. really, really trust him in the deep ways and to allow him to go to those dark places that are easier for me to hide. Mm -hmm. And for me, control has always looked like being in charge. Like I am a natural leader. Like I was class president. I was you know, every club, like even clubs, honestly, I was president of Key Club in high school. And to this day, I cannot tell you what Key Club was. No, I like, literally have no genuinely, idea. I have no idea. I was president. Don't know what it is. So <laughs> to this day, like, but I just was like, if I can be in charge and I can like control the situation, I can make sure that it's good. And so letting go of areas where, you know, like I couldn't be in charge, AKA my life, because God's in control of it. <laughs> like, you know, and, and where he was calling us for Stephen's job, like I had to learn to let go of control. So all this to say, you know, there's a day we're walking on the beach, we're watching the sunset and for every reason, it should have been a beautiful moment. Like, I think I can remember it was one of the most beautiful sunsets I'd ever seen. And I think it was because it was so physically beautiful, it was making, like, the weightiness in my heart feel all the more gross and all the more real. And it was, like, I was almost mad at myself of, like, why can't I enjoy this moment? Like, I'm on the beach with my husband and all my mind is doing is thinking of all the negatives. Like, all I could think about was everything that wasn't going right. All I could think about was all the ways I felt like a failure and all the ways I didn't have control. And I just started getting really stressed. And I think it was one of the first times I ever felt like a physical manifestation of anxiety. Um, And I didn't even know what was happening just because that's my natural state is pretty joyful and like carefree. And so to feel like 
my chest tightened to feel like it was hard to breathe and like all I could think about was this anxiety I didn't even know how to articulate it to Steven and so I remember we're like power walking and like going for it and he's probably talking about saving someone's life or something silly and I just stopped him and I was like babe I can't breathe like I, I I'm really he was like what do you mean I was like I'm just really overwhelmed like I'm so overwhelmed I just started bawling crying and he takes me by the hand and takes me off like the little um path that was the strand that we'd walk on the beach and we go and sit by the water and he sits down and I he's like sitting cross-legged and I lay my head and it's kind of on his legs and I'm I'm kind of sitting to where like I'm kind of parallel with the ocean so like I'm laying down horizontally and where I'm looking out it's just the water and he just kept like being like just breathe just breathe and he was like grabbing my back and praying over me and I was just trying to catch my breath and just all the thoughts were just trying to come to the forefront, like all that fear and just like the areas I couldn't control. But slowly as I just watched the ocean, like just the back and forth of the waves, like was what was making me help to breathe. And it was like this, just slowly the waves coming in and the waves going out, like the waves coming in, the waves going out and watching the sunset. And it was just this beautiful, like weighty piece that I started to feel like before I knew it, it almost looked like the ocean was a wall because it looked like it was vertical just because the way I was like laying down and I was just overcome by the fact that here I am trying to think of like every possible outcome every possible way I failed like all this stress and trying to figure out how it's all going to make sense and I'm watching waves and an ocean that the master of the universe has created that he like never wants to the waves have to like question if they're going to follow the tide like they don't the sun doesn't have to wonder am I going to set today like and I don't have any control over any of that right he's such a big god and catching my breath with the waves like it was honestly it went from one of the most fearful moments to like still to this day like I have never experienced a peace like that yeah and it was in watching something that I could never control like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the one in charge of the sun like I don't want to be the one in charge of the ocean like that's too big. But and you think about, like, I for me, I think about the moment, like, you you know there's moments in life when you witness something so beautiful, yeah. and you know you had nothing to do with it. And to so me, good. that's so, so, like, that's beautiful. Like, to me, that's God. Like, that's him just doing the miraculous, really big things that we can never even try to control or try to create. And so even, like, the moment when a bride will, like, walk down the aisle, everyone stands, and it's just this beautiful, like, sacred moment. Yeah. And the same thing when a baby's born into the world. Like if you've ever been able to witness that, it's just so beautiful that you almost can't put words to it. And I mean, I feel that way in so many, in so many moments that I'm like, wow, I wish I could explain the beauty of this, but I just can't because it's so beyond me. And I'm so small in this that I love the, I love the lack of control, honestly, because I mean, I don't want to be God. If I was God, I mean, you guys wouldn't want to live in this world. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me on that. Trust Um, me on that. You wouldn't want that. So yeah, I just think it's so, I think anytime that you're, feeling lack of control or you're feeling like that everything is just not going the way that you wanted or the way that you planned like just continue to seek out that tiny little red light in the mountain that is that you yeah. that looked at that is the Lord's call on your life because I promise you if it's not instant gratification it doesn't mean that God's not there and yeah. it doesn't mean that he's not showing up well and in first John I guess first John four eighteen, it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And I think in that moment for me on the beach, like, I realized that I, again, there's fear in things that we can't control. But when you 
remind yourself that you're loved by a perfect God who's above it all, like that fear seems so small compared to who he is. And so right. it's like, yes, in that moment when I was laying there on the beach watching the waves, were any of my prayers answered or questions answered? No. Like yeah. nothing actually had changed, but my perspective had shifted to realize like who was actually in control mm-hmm. and it wasn't me. And right. there was – And there's beauty to that. Right, because I felt loved by him in that moment and I felt his presence. Right. It wasn't any more like, well, dang it, I don't have control, so it's going to suck. It was more like, okay – I Thank you, control, God, that I don't have control. But I know who does, and he's a good, mm-hmm. good God. And that's such a beautiful place to be. And and obviously, like, just because we've both been in that place before, to be able to say, thank you, God, that I'm not in control, and thank you for showing me how big you really are, just because we've both seen that and, like, gone through that and have felt that does not mean that we ever, you know, want to be in control ever again. Like, there's moments I still want to be in control, oh, but totally. it's a constant reminder. Like probably yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like, probably two <laughs> seconds ago. Let's be real. Um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I have to, even if I feel it or yeah, even if I feel the out of control, out of control or the, or just like the des- desire to want to be in control or I feel the anxiety or I feel the fear. Like I say this all the time, but feelings are real. They're not always reliable. And it's like, it's okay to feel a certain way and to still be able to speak over yourself, what you know, God has planned for you and what's better and what he calls us to. And that he says, there is no fear in perfect love. Like anytime I feel those feelings coming on of like, why am I not in control? Why is this not going my way? I will literally just start to call out, no, God, you're in control. You know my life better than I do. And that literally releases me and it shows me how small I am and how beautiful that is. Yeah. Well, and sometimes like we get fixated on the things that we actually can't change when God's like, hey, I've actually told you to do this and this and this. And these are things that you can do that can change like your situation and then leave the rest up to me. Like, you know, if you're stressed about your marriage, well, like there are tangible things you can do to pursue your husband. There are tangible ways that you can forgive and do all these things and like leave the things you can't control up to him, you know? And like, there's just that surrender and that, you know, if you're stressed about not having a job that you love, well, instead of just dwelling on that, like start to look around you, be like, who are the contacts that I have that God's put already in my life? Like, He's, he is setting us up for success constantly. And so we just have to work with, we work with him, not for him. Ooh, yeah. Cause we're friends. We're friends we're of friends. God. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So guys, we just want to challenge you this week that, um, you know, you're not going to always feel like you're in control and there's a beauty in that. There's a surrender in that. And that can be a really good thing. And so instead of fighting and like being like that hamster wheel, that's like constantly trying to just like catch everything you can and make sure that everything's perfect. Why don't we be people that just trust in God and use that same amount of energy to just look to him and to fix our eyes on that little red light, like you said, that, yes, or that, that mighty light. light, which is the light of Christ. So we're going to leave you with this scripture. It's Isaiah 26, 3, and it says, you, meaning God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so this week, you guys, as you trust in God, he's going to keep your mind steadfast and in perfect peace because you trust in him. Mm, So you don't have to have control. You know the one that who is. And I just hope that you feel blessed knowing that this struggle for control is everybody. Like we all have it to some capacity. It can look completely different, but you are not alone. No, you're not alone. And I hope that you're reminded of that by listening to just some little snippets of our stories and how we've been reminded that we are not in control. So you guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Cammie. We're Basically Basic. And we know you are too. Be blessed. And be basic.